Uh, good morning, everybody, and uh, it's great to see you. Great to see those of you who are here in the building this morning. Great to have those of you who are with us online as well today. Lovely to have you with us, whether you're live online or whether you're catching up a little bit later on on demand. It's great to have you here. If we've not met before, my name's Chris. I'm the senior minister here at Andover Baptist Church. And if this is your first time with us, either online or in the room, you are so, so welcome. We are uh, in a series that uh, Alex, our student minister, started off for us last week called Squad Goals, all about building great relationships. And when I think about what it takes to build a great relationship, I'm reminded of a book I read several years ago now. It's quite an old book now. It's called Winning with People by John Maxwell. John Maxwell is a best-selling author and trainer, particularly on areas of leadership. And he trains people uh, to be great leaders in businesses, in churches, in charities, in organizations all over the world. He uh, used to be a pastor of a church uh, before he kind of took this full-time gig on of training Uh, other people, and he's written loads of books. But this is my favorite, and this is my well-thumbed copy of Winning with People. And I realize that a number of reasons why I love this book. One is because it's really easy to read, because it's just full of principles, around 25 different principles for building great relationships, for winning with people. I really recommend this book. These principles are really great ones and very easy to remember. Some of these principles that are in this book include things like this, the lens principle which says how we see ourselves so often determines how we see and interact with others. There's one called the pain principle. And the pain principle says this, hurting people hurt people and are easily hurt by them. It's a reminder to us to uh, try and make sure that we're in a good and positive place, particularly if we've been hurt, to find healing for that. There's one called the elevator principle. He's American. If you're not American, you'd say the lift. The lift principle, we can lift people up or take people down in our relationships and the choice is ours. There's one called the uh, boomerang principle, which says this, when we help others, we actually help ourselves too. And here's one of my particular favorites, and I've I shouldn't, I'm not sure how clearly I should say this really, but I've come across a few of these people in my life, and you probably have done too. This is the Bob principle. And this principle says this, when Bob has a problem with everybody and everything, Bob is usually the problem. Uh, some of you right now are thinking about some of the Bobs in your life, I suspect. There's a, another principle, and this is a really powerful one, I think, called the big picture principle, which says this, that the entire population of the world, with one minor exception, is made up of other people. Think about that for a moment. The entire population of the world, with the exception of one minor person, is made up of other people. The charisma principle says this, people are interested in the people who are interested in them. People are interested in the people who are interested in them. You know, there's so much great wisdom and so much truth in these principles. And the last one of those, this idea that people are interested in the people who are interested in them, is a really, really important principle. Really wise. Think about that for a moment. Think about the people who you value having in your life. Think about the greatest relationships in your lives, whatever they might be, friends, family, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, grandparents, parents, whoever they might be, the greatest relationships you have in your life, think about those for a moment. What makes them great? And I bet it has at least something to do with this, that those great relationships with those other people are great because those people are interested in you 
and hopefully you are interested in them. You know the other person is interested in you, and you're interested in them too. Have you ever tried to have a relationship with someone who isn't the least bit interested in you? That's really hard work, isn't it? Really hard work. And you can't be interested in other people unless you listen to them. And the world around us, and I've talked about this a number of times over the last year or so, because this is something that's just striking me over and over and over again. The world around us is increasingly exerting on us a gravitational pull towards self-absorption. The world around us is increasingly exerting a gravitational pull upon us to becoming more interested in ourselves and less interested in other people. And the art of truly great listening is becoming a lost art. Because we're being encouraged to speak first, think second, and listen third. That's what we're being encouraged to do all the time. And it's maybe why relationships are increasingly proving so difficult to sustain. Maybe why relationships are increasingly breaking down in our culture in our day. Because if we become more interested in ourselves than we do in other people, it's going to make relationships really hard. And in this series that Alex kicked off really brilliantly for us last week, we're trying to establish some principles for building truly great relationships. We're trying to talk about some building blocks that will form the foundation of great marriages, of great friendships, of great working relationships, of great parenting, of great dating, of great group dynamics and socializing with others. We're trying to talk about these building blocks that make up these foundations for these great relationships. And Alex last week talked about time, time and the importance of time as a building block for a great relationship. And today is the second part of our series, and I'm talking about listening, this art of listening as a really important building block in the foundations for better relationships. If you want great relationships in your life, if you want the relationships in your life to be better, if you want to be a better friend, if you want to be a better husband, a better wife, a better partner, a better parent, a better work colleague, a better grandparent, a better aunt or an uncle, if you want to be a a great person to have a relationship with, then you need to know about these building blocks and you need to be implementing implementing them in your life. And while they may be simple... They are definitely not simplistic. And while they may be easy to remember, they are not always easy to do. And whilst they may sound like, oh yeah, well of course I know that, they are deeply profound and changing to our lives and to our relationships if we implement them. And they are hugely important and they are, I think, on the decline So we need to invest in them. And the really great news is that these principles are equally valid whether you've been a Christian for years and years and years or you're brand new to this whole thing or you're exploring faith. You're not quite sure what you believe about all this stuff yet. Not sure about God. They are equally valid. This wisdom that we're sharing over these next few weeks together are equally applicable to all of us. We are all in the same boat here. And these um, principles are not limited to just one kind of relationship. So it doesn't matter whether you're a parent or not, whether you're married or not, whether you're single, um, whether you're engaged, whether you're dating, whether you're, uh, whatever your work situation is, whether you're retired, whether you get together with big groups of people or small groups of people, whether you, you've got loads of friends or just a few friends, it doesn't matter. This is equally applicable to all of us and to all of our relationships. And you know, God is passionate about our relationships because he built us 
to need relationship. He built us in his image, and he is the God of relationship. Because he is the God who exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in relationship together. So God made us for relationship, and he has loads of help to us about how we figure out how we build better relationships. So to work out today how we invest in this building block of great listening, to work out how we can be truly great listeners, I want to turn to some of God's wisdom. And it comes in the form of some ancient sayings, some really ancient wisdom that's included in the Old Testament part of the Bible in a book called Proverbs. And if you've not come across this book before, this book of Proverbs is a book full of wisdom sayings. Ancient wisdom sayings. And these phrases, these couplets that often Proverbs come along in, are inspired nuggets of God-given wisdom. And one of the chapters of the Old Testament book of Proverbs takes us on a journey, I think, from selfish isolation to brilliant relationship. From being alone and somebody that nobody wants to know to being somebody that everybody would want to know. And it comes to us in chapter 18 of Proverbs. It takes us on this journey from a lousy relationship to a really great one. This journey all through this chapter has these little couplets, these little wisdom sayings in it that contain this great wisdom. And I passionately believe it's still just as relevant today as it was all those years ago when it was written. The majority of the Proverbs of these couplets in this chapter are to do with uh, speaking and listening. And all of them are concerned with the things that would damage and destroy relationships if we allowed them to run amok. Now, if you want to follow along, you might want to look up Proverbs chapter 18. If you've got the YouVersion Bible app or something similar on your phone or your tablet, or if you're at home, if you've got a Bible, you might want to open to that. If you want to just listen, that's fine, because it's all going to appear on the screen here. If you want to follow along with our blog, which is on our website, it contains some notes from today and a link to, to this Bible passage. So you can look that up on our website as well, either now or later on, if you want to do that. But I'm going to read a few verses from Proverbs chapter 18. I'm going to start in verse 1. So the beginning of this journey, see what you think uh, about this person and the way they uh, relate to other people. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 1 says, an unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. So this chapter starts by telling us about an unfriendly person, somebody who is selfish who pursues meaningless quarrels, who isn't interested in other people, and they're uh, politely called an unfriendly person. But now look how the chapter ends. This is the last verse of chapter 18 of Proverbs, verse 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. So begins with a warning that we need good friends. If you have unreliable friends, it's going to lead to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So we start the chapter with this unfriendly, selfish person. We end the chapter with us being asked to imagine a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Somebody who we would want to have a great relationship with. 
So this reminds us how important it is to have great relationships. We finish with uh, a friend who is the complete opposite of the selfish, unfriendly, quarrelsome person we encounter at the beginning of the chapter. So what happens in between? We're being asked at the beginning of the chapter to picture in our mind's eye this unfriendly, selfish person. By the end of the chapter, we're being asked to picture in our mind's eye a friend who sticks closer than a brother, a great friend. What's the journey? What happens in between? Well, we're going to have a look. But we're going to go back to verse 1 just briefly uh, because the original language that this was written in, this unfriendly person is literally a separated person. Somebody who is separated from others, who simply seeks their own desires, who isn't interested in anybody else. Their selfishness separates them from other people. That's what that meant. You know, people who have no thought or concern for others, people who have no thought or concern for other people's needs, isolate themselves from other people. See, selfishness and self-absorption drives a wedge into a relationship. Selfishness and self-absorption drives a wedge into a relationship, and it makes a relationship really hard, as does quarreling, and particularly quarreling about things that don't matter. Now, I don't know about you, but I can think about some of the relationships in my life, and I can think sometimes I'm a human being, we're all human beings, we might end up in a bit of a quarrel. And I think partway through that quarrel, how important is this really? Are we really arguing about this? Is this really important in the big scheme of things? We're all subject to this from time to time. I'm desperately trying to avoid my wife's eye who's sitting just down here at the moment because I know she's nodding right now. But you know, this happens to us all the time. We all do this, don't we? But actually, you know some people, I'm sure, and um, let's hope we're not like this, who just want to start a quarrel for the sake of starting a quarrel. Well, that's not a wise thing to do. It's not a helpful thing to do for a relationship. Let's go on as we continue this journey from this unfriendly, uh, set-apart, separated, selfish, self-absorbed person to this friend who sticks closer than a brother. Verse 2 says this, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Even as the unfriendly person of verse 1 goes against all sound judgment to start quarrels, so this fool delights only in airing their own opinions without making any attempt to understand or to relate to somebody else. This person doesn't take the time to listen or to understand. Instead, they simply delight in the sound of their own voices. They are quick to speak and slow to listen. Such people never engage in conversation, only monologue. This person is only interested in showing all of what they know but of course, in their showing off, they, can, they actually do the complete opposite of what they're hoping to do. They're actually driving people away, not drawing people to them. They aren't taking any time to listen. And this theme carries on through the rest of the chapter, and I'm not going to read it all, but just pick out a few verses from it. In verse 6, we get this theme of, of speaking too quickly picked up again. The lips of fools bring them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. Jumping in, showing off, speaking too quickly brings strife and discord that can ultimately lead to blows. Verse 7 and 8, we're really warming to the theme now of, of what comes out of the mouths of fools. Because verse 7 and 8 says this, The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. 
Words can cause great damage, we've been warned about here, if we aren't careful. Remember the the fool from verse 6 is somebody who doesn't take the time to listen, who jumps in, who only finds delight in talking and airing their own opinions. Well, the, the mouths of those kind of people, people who do that, Well, ultimately, it becomes their undoing. Their lips, the things they say, cause damage to themselves and to other people. And then we get this really stark warning about gossip. Ill-informed words, gossiping behind somebody's back, causes untold damage. And when we see this phrase here, they go down to the inmost parts. They damage the heart and the spirit and the soul of somebody. You know this, don't you? You know this. This has probably happened to you, sadly. You become aware of people saying things about you or saying unkind things behind your back. And you're just aware of the damage that that does and the way that makes you feel. So we've been presented with some really stark warnings here about how to damage relationships and destroy relationships and not build great relationships. Here's what we've learned so far about the journey from being an unfriendly, self-absorbed, self-obsessed person, selfish person, to becoming this friend who sticks closer than a brother. Here's what we've learned so far. Selfishness drives a wedge into relationships. It separates us from others. Being too quick to speak, loving the sound of our own voices, talking before understanding, damages relationships. And gossip, gossip, being mean about people, damages relationships. These are the hallmarks of this unfriendly, separated, isolated person that we read about in verse 1. But now things start to shift. We've had these stark warnings. Now on our journey to working out what it means to be somebody who is like a friend who sticks closer than a brother, we start to hear the antidote to these things. And it's really simple, and it comes in verse 13. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. So we're being told here that the answer to these things is listening. Listening first is wise. Listening to other people lifts them up. We see here the vital importance of great listening. See, listening is a great way to exhibit humility, to deal with the the pride and the selfishness and the self-opinions and all of that sort of stuff, the boasting and the arrogance. The best way to deal with all of that is to listen. This is the key to this journey from selfish, quarrelsome, unfriendly person to a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know, this chapter that begins with a proverb about selfish isolation ends with this picture of somebody who is such a close friend that it's like having a brother, the person you want to turn to, having a relationship that's so close it looks like family. You know, isolation, self-centeredness, poor judgment, all of those things, they make themselves known through uninformed speaking. Fools have no desire to listen, only to spout their own views. Words can bring strife and calamity. They can damage the reputation of others and the lives of those who gossip and become obsessed with their own opinions. Fools speak first and never listen. Yet the heart and the ears of the wise seek out understanding, patiently listening. You know, listening is one of the greatest gifts we can give to another person. 
or to another group of people that we're in relationship with. Listening is one of the greatest gifts we can give. It lifts other people up. It develops strong bonds. It draws other people near. If you're struggling in your relationships, whatever those relationships might be, this might be one of the reasons. And maybe taking the time to listen would be helpful in that relationship. So let's get really practical. If this is Listening is key to this journey, to becoming a, a, a person that people want to relate to, a person who has great relationships. If listening is one of the keys, one of the building blocks, let's get really practical. What are the keys to great listening? And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking to myself, who are the people I have met who I think are some of the best listeners I know. And there are loads of them, and I could reference many of them today. But one particular one came to mind uh, recently, and his name is Bill, my friend Bill. I've known him for a few years now. I don't see him that often because he lives in America. But a few weeks ago, Bill and some other friends of his were over from the US, and Ruth and I uh, got to go and uh, spend some time with them at a barbecue. And it struck me, partway through our time together, how great it was to spend time with Bill. It was lovely to be there with everybody else as well, but I ended up having some great conversations with Bill. And I thought, this is amazing how great it is. I, every time I'm with this guy, I come away feeling great. What is it about that? And it struck me that he is one of the best listeners I know. So I was thinking as I was preparing for this talk today, what makes Bill such a great listener? What can we learn from Bill? Well, here's some of the things I notice about my friend Bill. He asks great questions. He asks, not, not just the how are you, but he'll ask questions like, like this. What have you been learning over this last year with all this COVID thing? What's been the most difficult thing for you in all of that? What's been one of the joys for you in all of that? How did you meet your wife? How long have you been married? What's going on for you right now? Tell me about your kids. He, he just asks great questions. He asks great probing leadership questions as well. How's, not just how's church going, but what's the best thing that you've done over this last year at your church that you're leading? What have you learned from that? Bill asks great questions. I think this is a great, this is, if you, I mean, all of these other things are good, but this thing is perhaps the most critical of all. If we could learn to ask great questions, we would become great listeners. And the second thing I notice about my friend Bill is that he genuinely cares about the answer. He genuinely cares about the answer. He wants to know these things. Number three, he remembers stuff as well. You know, I don't get to see him that often, and, and I'm sure he meets loads of people, but when I see him, he remembers what we talked about last time we were together. He remembers some of the answers I've given to those questions. He has a wicked sense of humor, my friend Bill, and uh, we've enjoyed many laughs together. If you can share laughter, if you can... He's, he's quite self-deprecating. He doesn't mind laughing at himself. And actually, that's one of the joys of being with him. And actually, that's part of the list. If you're laughing together, you're listening together. And number the, the last one, he makes time. And Alex really unpacked this last week, so I don't want to talk too much more about that. But he makes time for people, makes time to listen to them. There are probably other things you can think about from your own experience. You're probably thinking right now about some of the people in your life who are the best listeners that you know and what you can learn from them. And that's great. But these, I think, are a great start to the art of great listening. And 
By the way, they are all deeply rooted God-given principles. I haven't got the time now to unpack all the different ways that God encourages us to do these things and very often commands us to do these things if you're a Jesus follower, but they are rooted and established in things that we could pick out over and over again from the story of God that would reinforce these as deeply rooted God-given principles. Now, right about now, I reckon you've got a question in your mind. Many of you who are listening to this today, you've got a question in your mind, and it goes something like this. Chris, if I become a really great listener, aren't I going to spend all my time listening to everyone else? Who's going to listen to me? I won't ask for a show of hands about who's got that question running through their mind right now, but I reckon some of us have. The answer, I think, is really simple. If you're a great listener, you will have great relationships. And when you need people to listen to you, they will be there because they know that you've been there for them. If you have great relationships in your life because you have been a great listener, you are a great listener, when you need to be listened to, there will be people there to listen to you. See, because the best way to ensure you have great friendships is to be a great friend. The best way to ensure you have a great partner is to be a great partner. The best way to ensure you have a great relationship with your kids is to be a great parent. And the best way to be a great friend, a great partner, a great parent, a great aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a, 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 a brother, a sister, the best way to be great at those relationships is to take those God-inspired building blocks to great relationships of time and of listening and the other ones that we're going to be talking about in these next two weeks and ensure that they are the foundations of your relationships. So I want to challenge each and every one of us today, whether you're uh, watching with us online today, joining us online, or whether you're in the room today, I want to challenge each and every one of us to do something this week that grows us in our capacity to listen to find somebody, somebody who you relate to, somebody who you want to have an even better relationship with and ask them some great questions. Spend time with them. Show that you genuinely care. Give them a ring or even drop them a letter. Do something this week to take the time to genuinely listen to somebody else. Because, you know, when we're on this journey from, and let's be honest, all of us are like this sometimes, from selfish and self-absorbed to being like a friend who is closer than a brother. When we're on that journey, listening is the key. Let's pray together, shall we, if you join me. So I just want to start by giving us the opportunity to recognize that we all mess this up sometimes that we have all said things we shouldn't have done, jumped in too quickly, been too fast to express our own opinion, been too absorbed with what's going on in our own lives to listen to somebody else. So we're just going to pause for a minute and just say sorry. Sorry to God for where we've done that. Sorry in our hearts and our spirits. And maybe after this time together today, you need to go and you need to say sorry to somebody else where you've perhaps hurt them because you've jumped in too quickly. So, Lord God, we just confess that there are times where we mess this up. All of us, all of us do this. We recognize that we're under pressure from our culture and our society to jump in so quickly with our opinions and our views and not to take the time to listen. We're also under pressure from our own 
selfishness, our own sinfulness, that means we mess this up sometimes. But we thank you that you're a God of forgiveness. Thank you that you're a God of grace. Thank you that you're a God who so desires for our relationships to be so great that you're just going to give us every opportunity to get this right, second or third or fourth or fifth and multiple times. And Lord God, we thank you that you are the author and creator of relationships. And your desire for us is that we would have great relationships in our lives because you know how desperately we need them. So Lord God, I pray that you just inspire and encourage us to be great listeners. I just want to thank you that you are the greatest listener of them all. And that any time we need to, to have a chat, we can turn to you. Thank you that you're a great listener. We're so grateful for that. Help us in turn to model that to others, to be great listeners for others. And for any of us who are struggling in our relationships right now, who are finding difficulties in whatever kind of relationship that might be, I pray you give us the willingness and the boldness to go and say, can I just listen to your point of view? Just listen to where you're coming from. Can we just spend some time listening to each other? It's the beginnings of a healing process. Give us the courage and wisdom to do that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.